You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is July 20th, 2021. And on today's show, we discussed the Nationals' 18-to-1 win last night over the Miami Marlins. It was John Lester who did it all last night. A little bit of offense, some great pitching to boot. And we listened to some of the audio, some of the great calls from last night, because there were a bunch of them. A lot happened for the Nats on offense and in the pitching department. So we'll get to all of that coming up on today's show. All right, let's get into it. The Nationals beat the Marlins last night, 18 to 1. Now, when you look at the scoreline, your mind might just first go to the offense, and in many cases, it would. But if you've been following this team all year long, and you've been following this podcast, I know all of you don't listen to every single episode, but a big talking point is what are the Nationals going to do with John Lester, or what are they going to do basically with that fifth spot? Once they get everybody healthy, right? Once Strasburg, Corbin, and Scherzer were all back in the rotation, those three guys are untouchable. No matter how poorly or well they pitch, they've got the pedigree and they've got the recent success and they've got the financial investment in them that basically dictates they're untouchable. So those three guys are good to go. That leaves three potential starters for those final two spots. John Lester, who they acquired this offseason in free agency, uh, Joe Ross, who has been with the team for a long time, and Eric Fetty, who was going to be in the pen, it sounded like, to start off the year, but ended up being called into duty and who's had some really good performances this year, as has Joe Ross. So if it came down to it, this was this was last week, and I still feel that way today, but if it came down to it, I would take uh, Fetty and Joe Ross over John Lester. Just the performances this year from a consistency standpoint – have been better. Last night, John Lester began, and keyword is began, to make a case for the reason why he should remain part of this rotation. John Lester last night was uh, really, really strong. It just seemed like he was in command, in control. Seven innings, six hits, no runs, obviously none earned, no walks, seven Ks, 81 pitches. Uh, and a really splendid outing for Lester. Now, you can say, look, he was pitching in a lot of low-leverage situations, sure, but the fact that he looked that good is uplifting for the Nationals. He deserves a lot of credit. He was in control, and last night he was in control, really, from start to go. Sure, let up a couple hits. That's kind of the John Lester MO at times, but he made a really strong accounting of himself. The question now becomes... Can he do that on a more consistent basis? If you look at the teams that John Lester has had his best outings against, and I'll give you some of them uh, right here, think about it this way. The Marlins, seven innings, six hits, no runs, seven Ks. All right, flip back. Uh, his next really good outing was against the Mets, where he went seven innings, two earned, or six innings, rather, excuse me, two earned runs. Uh, they have one of the worst offenses in baseball. Previous to that, Five innings against Pittsburgh, two runs in that outing. Then the Braves, that's his last, you know, it was a pretty decent outing, five and two-thirds, one run given up. So there's another really good outing from Lester. That's kind of the one exception 
Um, and yeah, the rest of the way, you know, his good outings come against pretty poor offense, poor, pretty poor offenses. Uh, that first game of the year, five innings, no runs given up against the Marlins. He's had a good, uh, good year against the Marlins in those two games. Uh, he had one game we got really, they, they tore him apart a little while ago, but, um, for the most part, John Lester, he has done his damage against good of the bad teams, rather the good teams. I mean, you look at them, they really touched him up. San Francisco, two and two thirds. Eight runs, three of them earned. San Diego, not awful. He only gave up two runs, but he only made it through three and a third innings. So that's really not pretty good. I mean, 83 pitches. He threw 83 pitches last night in seven innings. He threw 83 pitches in three and a third against the Padres uh, on the 5th of July. Before that, five runs in five innings against Tampa. They won that game, but still. Then you look at other previous starts where he's gotten beat up a little bit. Um, three and two-thirds, one run against the Rays. The problem is you only go three and two-thirds, you throw 91 pitches in that span, right? Four innings, gave up one run, but the problem is you threw 74 pitches and you couldn't make it out of four innings. Uh, the Baltimore got to him. Uh, his, his return to Chicago, they roughed him up as well. So you're starting to see a theme. Against good teams, John Lester either does one of two things for the most part. Either he does not make it deep into ball games, or he gets shelled, or both. Um, so you know, there's a couple of those outings I talked about where hey, the run totals aren't that bad, right? San Diego only gets up two runs, but you go three in the third innings, right? Uh, you have outings like you know three and two thirds against Tampa earlier in the year, one run, but you only go three and two thirds. Four uh, four innings, one run against the the Brewers earlier in the year. Problem is, once again, you only went. Uh, four innings total. So John Lester has had those starts. He's had bad starts. This is a really good sign for the Nationals um, if he can keep this up consistently. Once again, not seven inning shutouts, but five to six innings of one to two run ball is what the Nationals need to start seeing more from John Lester if he wants to earn that spot in the rotation. Now, Steven Strasburg threw a bullpen yesterday, so it sounds like he's trying to get back. Had some neck pains the other day. He's dealing with those currently. Um, and we'll see. Said he felt fine, but we have to see where that goes. Patrick Corbin struggling, but he's got his spot. John uh, Max Scherzer, uh, obviously, he's going to maintain his spot. He's had a really awesome season. And then Ross and Fetty. I, I know Fetty's last couple starts have been difficult, but he's been battling injuries. And Joe Ross right now is hurt too. So once they get him back in the rotation, you you figure that Ross will keep his spot. But that's the problem. Those back three guys, and you can toss Corbin in there as well. And Strasburg hasn't really pitched, but. Those back four guys really have not, uh, three guys, uh, well, four, let's go four, uh, have not been consistent. Ross, Fetty, uh, Corbin, and Lester really haven't been. Honestly, if you wanted me to put a pitcher third about who I feel most confident in right now, I would have to put Joe Ross in the third spot in terms of uh, in terms of confidence. And this is kind of assuming Steven Strasburg is a healthy entity at the end of the day. But in terms of actual healthy Nationals pitchers, you put him at number two in my book Right now, so let's see if we can get um, let's see if we can get some work being done from John Lester heading in a positive direction, and he also got it done on the offensive end. We'll get to that in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. They've got thousands of parts from hundreds of manufacturers. You can go to RockAuto.com. And check all of those out today. And the best part, their prices are always reliably low and the same for pros 
and do it yourselfers. You can spend up to 30, 50, and 100% more if you go to a chain store or you go to a dealership. At rockauto.com, you can always find the lowest possible prices. Go there today in their How Did You Hear Us box, uh, write down Locked On, and that way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, so yeah, I mean, the offense came to play last night, 18 to 1, obviously, uh, the score line in that game, but the 18 to 1, there's a whole lot of avenues to get into it. The Nationals came out from the jump, guns blazing. A Trey Turner triple scored uh, Alcides Escobar, who has continued to bring the heat. Josh Bell and Juan Soto went back to back. And just to give you guys a little taste of how that sounded, here it is. Belted to left field deep. This one over Brinson and gone. Number 15 for Soto. Nationals three, Marlins nothing right out of the gate. Almost a carbon copy of his home run yesterday in the eighth inning. You go, we go, Soto. I'm telling you, when he's going that way, he's unstoppable. Swinging a long drive to left. Forget about it. Top of section 104 for Josh Bell. The Nationals go back to back and lead four to nothing. That's number 13 for Josh, career home run number 99. And there was absolutely no doubt about that one. My goodness. 446 in a towering fly ball. Three quarters of the way up and left, four nothing Nats. And yes, you get the key to the batter's box. Those calls come to us courtesy of Masson. You might say, Masson, wasn't that Dave Jagler? He does the radio. Uh, you know, that, that's the, the radio play I play guy. No, Dave Jagler was in the booth for Bob Carpenter. Uh, I'm not sure if he will with the rest of the series, but uh, I think Bob's still on vacation. Right now, a lot of guys, just, a lot of guys take vacations right around the all-star break uh, part of the year. But I think another thing, it's, it's fun, too, to hear uh, some of the audio. On a, a game like this, you know, it was great to see the lineup hitting, um, but there's not a whole lot to take from the ebbs and flows of the game. Not a whole lot to break down there. Um, and so it's, you know, while we're talking about the offensive success here, I think it's nice and fun to enjoy some of the sounds of it. And I, I will say this about Juan's home run. I think it needs to continue to be said. Um, his home runs are going all over the place. We saw him hit one to uh, left field later on in the game as well. This guy is hitting the ball all over the ballpark. On yesterday's show, I talked about it, man. I, I talked about the fact that this guy it can really spread the ball all over the place. And when he sits deep and waits on pitches, he's got that natural gift, that natural power where he can just put the ball anywhere. And uh, FP talked about it last night, like guys just with the ability to hit balls wherever they're thrown, to sit deep on pitches and wait and still just have the power and the ability to get them out of the ballpark. And Juan is one of those guys. He talked about Rendon being one of those guys too. And while Rendon, things have not gone well for him elsewhere, I always said that I loved the way I thought uh, having Rendon in front of Juan, it just as a guy who was always talked about as a sponge, Juan Soto, having a player like that really helps. I would not be shocked if you asked Juan Soto, hey, do you think that having Rendon ahead of you hit, uh, helped you, especially in the idea of how to hit balls the opposite way? I would put a lot of money on the fact that he would probably say yes. That That is a, definitely a guy who helped me when it comes to 
thinking about hitting balls in the opposite direction. So uh, the Nats got on the board early. I forgot to mention starting pitcher for the Marlins was Ross Detweiler. And um, Detweiler got shelled. Uh, he, d- he made it through one inning. He was one inning, seven hits, eight runs, all eight earned, four homers for Ross Detweiler. Things didn't go the rest of the way uh, very well. Hess Bellotti, who also saw Sandy Leone get in there to pitch a little bit too. Former National, former Red Sox, Sandy Leone throwing batting practice. Juan got off uh, one off of him later. The Nats continued their scoring, bottom of the second. They added on. They padded it and made it 10-0. Uh, Trace Barrera, uh, first career home run for him. Trey Turner got a home run as well. And then Josh Harris and Agarda Parra also drove in runs to make it 10-0. Trace Barrera, first career home run, and this is how it sounded. And launches one to deep left center field. Brinson going back. That is home run number one. Trace Barrera is on the board with his first big league homer. What a moment for this young catcher. The Nationals five, the Marlins nothing. Get him that baseball. Silent treatment. Silent treatment. Watch. Yeah, and, and FP said the silent treatment. They definitely gave it to him there in the dugout, which is cool to see. They eventually mobbed him. And Barrera is a guy that has been really good for the Nationals ever since coming up in July. He's been there since July 4th through July 19th and 21 ABs. He's hitting 333 with a 391 on base. And that's what they needed partially to help them stay afloat is, is, is performances and additions and just, you know, consistent play like his in a spot where the Nats needed it. That's what's kept them. Yeah, sure, the division's been bad, and that's helped them as well. But guys stepping up like Escobar and like Barrera, those are the guys that really do make a difference. Now, we got to get to the big moment of the night on offense. It came via the old donkey himself. John Lester hits a home run, two-run home run in the bottom of the fifth inning. That made it 12 to nothing. The rest of the offense really doesn't matter. One set of did Homer again. Jordy Mercer uh, also singled way deep to left, and as did Yadiel Hernandez. So good to see those guys driving in runs. But but we have to mention John Lester's home run was really what was important last night on the offensive end. Good to see him get that first home run as a national, and he put it in the deepest part of the ballpark. Hit in the air to deep right center field. Way back. Does he have number four? He does. John Lester goes deep. The Nationals win the game 18 to 1, as I had mentioned before. 419 feet for John Lester. It was, uh, sadly for them, the fifth, fourth, or fifth longest home run they hit last night. Josh Bell went 446. Barrera, 420. Turner, 428. So, John Lester, first home run as a National, helps the Nationals get the win. We'll preview what's coming up next for the Nats in these two upcoming games. But first, one more word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Spotify Greenroom. So guys, go check out Spotify Greenroom today. Sign up on your phone, on your, uh, I think you can sign up, well, sign up on your phone, download it on your phone, but you can also go on your tablet, whatever kind of device that you have. Uh, Go to the app store, download it. It's a great place Uh, It's an audio chat room where you can converse with fans, podcasters, athletes, whatever it is. You can start rooms, host your own rooms, join rooms, whatever it is. We do trivia and uh, takes every week on the Spotify Greenroom app, so go and download it today on your iOS or Android devices. All right, so the Nationals now are 44 and 49. 
That keeps them uh, six games back in the division. They're in fourth place in the National League East at 44 and 49. The Marlins are now 40 and 54, 10 and a half games back. The Braves, 45 and 47, that's four and a half back. The Phillies are 47 and 45, two and a half back. And the Mets got a wild, wacky win last night in Cincinnati, uh, and they're now 49 and 42. Nats have uh, won two consecutive games. They're three and seven in their last 10, though. Uh, and now they will face the Marlins again tonight. The Nats will throw out their Paulo Espino. He will go up against Trevor Rogers. This is going to be a difficult matchup. Let's see if the Nationals can carry over some of that offensive prowess. Sometimes you see it, teams are just able to, to keep it going. Uh, but for Paulo Espino, it has been a up and down year. He still pitched pretty well, but this month has not been kind to him. He's got a 7.84 ERA in 10 and a third innings pitch. This is a guy who's usually used to being in the bullpen, but he's coming off a month of June where he'd worked 20 innings, 20 and two-thirds rather, had a 1.74 ERA, but his last three games, he went up against the Dodgers, the Giants, and against the Padres. So uh, he went up against some really good teams this year, and he's had a couple decent outings, uh, or one decent outing rather, uh, against the Marlins worked two innings, will give up one run. So we'll see what they can do tonight with Paulo Espino on the mound, but the real show is going to be Trevor Rogers. He is a guy that has been absolutely lights out. Part of this staff that we know for the Marlins was going to be young and exciting in the absence of Sixto Sanchez. Trevor Rogers has been the guy to watch. Now, he's coming off one of his shorter outings of the year. He went four innings, four hits, three earned, uh, three runs, two earned, two walks, four Ks, but the guy we know has got electric stuff. Um, and he had, just coming off one of the best months of the year that he had, uh, especially that month of June. Uh, I know it's almost July, but it is, that month of June was fantastic for him. It's really what put him over the edge and got him in the All-Star game. Um, it just kind of – and I know his numbers compared to the first two months weren't great there, but I talked about the – I talked about how the Marlins were going to go through some rough patches this year. And for Trevor Rogers having to go through those rough patches and having a month – in June, where uh, you know you got a little bit worse, but still a little bit worse for you, was a 2.73 ERA, and now having two back-to-back starts that really things haven't gone your way, man. For him, this is positive. He's learning, and he's got the stuff we've already seen to be really effective. Now, for the Nationals, can they capitalize off a guy who has had a, la- a couple difficult starts the last two? Right, that's the big question for the Nats. But Trevor Rogers must see television tonight. The Nationals looking to keep things going in the right direction. Uh, just trying to you know get hot and stay hot right now. Back-to-back wins. They've got five more games coming up here but, uh, between the Marlins and the Orioles coming up. A really good chance to get themselves back on track after a rough uh, end of the uh, first half of the season there. So they'll see Trevor Rogers tomorrow night, uh, or tonight, excuse me, at 7.05 on Masson. And then you go ahead and you look at the final game of the series. It's going to be... Eric Fetty going up against Sandy Alcantara. Now, for Eric Fetty, uh, he has had a bit of a difficult run here. The last three games have been really unkind to him. He's dealt with some injuries. But that month of June, three starts he made, 16 innings, 2.81 ERA. And this month, uh, 10.2 innings pitched, 12.66 ERA. And once again, he's been battling those injuries kind of back and forth in the IL and the COVID stint as well. So he's looking to get some consistency. But look, what Nationals pitcher did well when the Nationals went on that road trip? That's really the thing is none of them did well. So now they're back home in their own kind of element. Let's see what they can do against a struggling Marlins team. And then obviously the other side, Sandy Alcantara. 
is going to counter for the Marlins in this game, once again, 7.05 on Wednesday night. He's had a really good year. To show you once again, pitcher wins and losses don't matter. He's 5-9 and nine with a 3.23 ERA. It just seems really cruel uh, for him that it has to be that way. But Alcantara is another one of those guys at 25 years old is having another really strong season for the Marlins. Is going to be one of those base players that they build around and they continue to build this Marlins franchise up. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.